Welcome to A Beautiful Mama Podcast, where we encourage mamas to walk in their amazing mom abilities by faith, beauty, and the realness of just being a mom. Hey mamas, welcome to A Beautiful Mama Podcast. This is episode four, and I'm real excited about this one because I'm going to tell you why and how I chose to do a home birth. Um, So stay tuned. So let me explain just from the beginning. Um, I had every intention of having a hospital birth because I had found an OBGYN that I absolutely loved and that I trusted. And for me to trust a doctor, especially an OB, was like super rare because all of my experiences in California were so bad with all the miscarriages and the ectopic pregnancy and all the doctors that I met and had to deal with. I just, I was not about doctors. And so for me to find a good OB that I trusted and that I liked was amazing. And so um, from the moment I found out I was pregnant, which was in July um, and going like to my doctor for all of my checkups and all of everything that you do, the glucose test, the blood work, like everything, I had created a trust with her. And um, I was really excited about her delivering my baby, actually. The reason why I loved my doctor was because she was so honest with me. And I felt like she didn't really give me a blanketed answer. She really gave me facts and she gave me her perspective and she gave me honest truth of what she thought which is what I appreciated. So I remember asking her, um, I was probably about 20 weeks, but I remember asking her, hey, what are your thoughts on home birth? Because John and I were kind of going back and forth at that time. And her response was like, hey, home births are great. My, like, I obviously don't recommend doing a home birth because I'm a doctor. Like, that's why I became a doctor. Otherwise, I'd be a midwife. I always think that it's best to be in a place where there's safety and precautions can be made. And if something goes wrong, you're in the right spot. And so she, again, I appreciated her honesty. I was like, okay, cool. And then she said, the thing about home births is your midwife is going to be the one delivering your baby 100%. Like they are 100% going to be there for you. However, for me, being in a hospital I can only guarantee that I will be there for you 70%. Like, I can't guarantee that I will deliver your baby. I can't guarantee that I will be there when you need me and that we'll do this together. And that was the beginning for me of questioning, like, okay, is this really something that I want to continue doing? And it made me kind of question how I wanted my birth to actually go about. Because I loved my doctor so much and I trusted her so much. And I knew that if I had some things that I didn't want or that I did want during my labor and during my delivery, I knew that she would support me in that. Um, But knowing that she wouldn't 100% be there made me a little nervous. So that was the beginning of the thought process. And I remember going to John and being like, hey, this is what my doctor said. How do we feel about this? And John had always been... 100% for the home births. He was always like, I think we should have a home birth. I don't want to deal with doctors. I don't want to deal with things that they can do afterwards and blah, blah, blah. But I, because I I loved my doctor so much, I was like, "Mm, let's just have a hospital birth. So anyways, so, um, at around, let's say 
I want to say 26 weeks, 27 weeks, I called a friend of mine who actually happens to be my brother's ex-wife, but she is a doula and she had been a doula for years and years and she's amazing. So I called her and I was just asking her questions like, hey, I need some guidance. What are your thoughts? And getting her perspective because she's done home births and she's done hospital births. So she would know definitely like the pros and cons of each one, right? So um, I called her and I'm like, hey, what do you, how, how do I process this? Like, I don't want you to tell me what to do, but I want you to help like direct my processing on how I decide between a home birth and a hospital birth. And she's like, okay, cool. So she's giving me information, which I highly recommend if you're pregnant and you're having a baby sometime soon, I highly 100% recommend a doula. If you don't do a home birth or a midwife, um, definitely get a doula because they will inform you and educate you, which is the most important thing during pregnancy and during labor and delivery. Like you want to be as educated as much as possible and you want someone there that you can trust that will speak up for you. So that's the purpose of a doula. Um, so I called her and she was so gracious enough to create a birth plan for me. Um, she's, so she sent me a birth plan. She's like, this is what like most, this is what most of my moms have for birth plans if they're going to a hospital. Um, and so she just really gave me things to consider. She gave me things to really think about and research and, um, she made me this birth plan. So I'm going to read you what the birth plan actually is. So at this point, I'm still kind of questioning like, no, I really think I can do, you know, a hospital birth. And I'm actually researching, um, I'm researching like the ratings of the hospital that I would give birth at. And to be honest, the ratings weren't that great. I think they were all like three star ratings. Most of the hospitals here in Vegas are about three stars. They're not the best. The medical in here in Vegas is not up to par really to my standards, I guess. I don't know, but you know, it is what it is. And so, um, I'm considering that considering the ratings and then I'm reading this birth plan that she gives me. And so she explains to me that there's two, there's three parts to a birth plan. There's the during labor birth, there's the during labor section where like when you're going through contractions and you know, it's the long stretch and like, that's something you need to consider. The second part is during birth. So your actual delivery. And then the third part is after birth. So all the things that come after the baby comes, you have to consider a lot of things as well which I didn't even think about. I, I just thought a birth plan was for labor and delivery. And then that was it. I didn't even think about the afterbirth stuff. So she, this is what she sent me. <clears throat> the first part, which is during labor has 11 points. And the first one is to be sent home instead of augmenting, which means, um, if you are laboring, but you're not, you know, far along, sometimes they'll keep you and just, you know, they'll admit you and hook you up to everything and you have to be augmented throughout the labor, um, which sometimes you can actually be sent home. So she said to be sent home instead of being augmented. No vaginal exams, um, only on request because when you have vaginal exams and when you have a lot of vaginal exams, which they do, I think like 
every few hours when you're in labor um, to check your dilation and your cervix and everything. Um, she said that the more vaginal exams you have, the higher risk you are to infections. So she said no vaginal exams unless unless I request them. Um, a saline lock for the um, IV when they hook you up so that the, you're not being pumped with fluids that they just lock it. Um, no AROM, which I don't remember what that one was. Uh, the next one is free movement, including during EFM, which is uh, fetal mon- monitoring um, and intermittent fetal monitoring. Monitoring. <laughs> um, so that was one thing that when I was in the hospital, they hooked me up right away. Even though this was, I printed out this birth plan for them. And even though it was on my birth plan, they still hooked me up and I'm like having contractions. And for me in the beginning, the best thing for me was to sit on the toilet because it's like squatting and it's not as restricting. Um, so I, I had to say, Hey, can I have intermittent fetal monitoring? I had to say that like twice or three times till finally they were like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll let you do that. I'm like, thank goodness. I was so mad because I put it on my birth plan. Anyways, so intermittent fetal monitoring. Um, the seventh one was a birthing ball or a squat bar or like allow me to take a shower. The eighth one was covered clocks and have no time limits. So uh, my doula actually explained this to me. She said that when you are watching the time and you're in labor, it actually messes with your brain. And there's a moment during your labor, like when you get to active labor, that you think the time has slowed down, but really it's gone faster. So you look at the time and you're like, oh my gosh, that much time went by. But when you're constantly looking at the clock, it's messing with that process. And so it's, it like restricts your ability to go through your contractions a lot smoother and easier. So it's crazy what your body does during labor. Um, so she said, cover the clocks and have no time limits. Uh, lights off was the next one. Next, uh, number 10 was consult with spouse on decisions. And then number 11 was um, informed consent and refusal. Inform us all. Inform us of all benefits and risks of every intervention. Um, so these things... If you don't say them, just, and again, now that I'm reading through it, I'm like, oh yeah, it's because I had to say it, um, with the intermittent fetal monitoring. Um, so if you just have it written down, they don't necessarily have to comply with it, but once you verbally say it, they have to comply. Um, it, it's just their policy. So if you say, hey, I don't, want any vaginal exams if you say that they have to abide by it but if you just have it written down then they don't have to do anything it's it's so crazy uh and then the next section was the during the birth and the first one that's written down is assume position of choice so for me to have the position that I choose to give birth in instead of just being on my back in the bed with my legs up uh the second one was non-directed Unless fetal distress, meaning don't intervene or don't, oh, don't direct the birth of the baby um, unless there's distress. Um, Because sometimes what they do is they will actually like go in and direct the baby on how it should come out. 
um, no time limits again. And then the next one after that was a warm compress on perennial tissues at crowning. Number five was no aggressive or no perennial massage. And number six was do not pull on baby's neck after her head emerges. Allow for natural rotation. Now, um, number five says no aggressive or no perennial massage. Unfortunately, they did have aggressive massaging when I was giving birth and it hurt and I could feel it. And I knew in my head that because I didn't say it and it was on my birth plan, but they probably didn't read it, that it like I couldn't do anything about it. And it like to me, that moment was so disheartening because I'm like, oh, I don't have anyone because John is up by my head and he's focused on me doing what I needed to do and I didn't have anyone else to make sure that they were that the doctors and nurses were actually doing what I had asked so that was one of the main things during my labor that I am kind of disappointed in um and I didn't get to have a position of choice they instantly like I remember like I said to them hey I feel like I have to push and they checked and they're like okay you're able to push now and they just instantly were like get on your back put your legs up here and stirrups mom mom husband pull her legs back and like do all this stuff and I just it's not what I wanted and I remember thinking like ah this isn't what I want but you know again it is what it is moving on Um, and then the next section was afterbirth. So the first one was comply with recent updated, um, NRP protocol, no routine sectioning, which I don't remember what that means. Uh, the second one was immediate skin to skin as long as baby is vigorous. Number three was do not clamp or traction cord until we give consent. And number four was no routine postpartum pit expectant management unless loss for more than 500 CC blood. So, um, that that had to do with if I lost more than 500 cc's of blood, um, which I didn't, so it was fine. So out of the afterbirth one, the only th- the there's two things that they didn't comply with um, out of the four. So it was like two for two. Um, they did not do immediate skin to skin. They put a towel on me, and then put him on top of the towel, which I don't know why they did that instead of just putting him directly on me um and then the clamping of the cord so that was the birth plan um that's a birth plan that my doula made for me she sent it to me and then we had a phone call conversation about each specific point and that's when she explained to me it doesn't matter what's written down as long as you say it they have to comply and um I remember literally after that conversation She's telling me all about it. She's going through each like point and explaining it all. And I just kind of like sat there and I was like, what's the point of going to a hospital then? Like if I'm having to tell them all these things that I don't want, then why am I going to the hospital? Why am I trusting them if I have to make sure that they're not doing these certain things for my benefit? And she kind of just stopped and was like, oh my gosh, you are getting it so much faster than a lot of other moms, but that's pretty much the point. Like if you're having to tell them all these things that you don't want, then why go? And the only reason why a lot of people go is because they don't want pain. So they get an epidural 
or they are uneducated and they think that everything that the hospital offers is the best thing for them or they're, you know, getting a C-section or they're at high risk. Like those are pretty much the main reasons why someone will go to the hospital. Um, So for me, I'm like, well, I'm neither of those. Like I don't want an epidural. I don't want a C-section. I'm not high risk. I don't think that the, the doctors have my best interest for me just based off of my own experience. So should I not go to the hospital? And she's like, that's up to you. And so John and I really came together and really prayed over it and just like, okay, God, like what do we really want our birth to look like? And we came to the conclusion we wanted a home birth. So after going through the birth plan, um, that really just led me to wanting a home birth. And so the next thing for John and I at around 30 weeks, we uh, we went to a birthing class that was held by this company that was home births and like midwives and all this. So a midwife was instructing um, the birthing class. And in this birthing class, um, they focus obviously more on home births than they do hospitals, but the class was for both home and hospital births. So anyone could have gone. And out of the whole entire class, John and I were the only ones having a home birth or deciding to go that route. And so after that class, we really felt comfortable with this company. And so we decided to go with them. And I met with a midwife, um, Tori, and we went on from there. So I really felt like after talking to my doula and going through the birth plan, even after talking to my doctor, my OB, and her telling me that there's really only 70, 70% chance that she'll be the one delivering my baby, um, those two things, and then going to the birthing class really just kind of like summed it all up for me and really confirmed for me like, no, I think a home birth is best for us. And so to me, a home birth really did equal freedom in my own opinion and my own choices for what I felt I wanted for myself and how I wanted to deliver my baby. Um, it gave me just freedom in the position that I wanted to deliver in or what I, or what I think my body would naturally be go towards. It gave me freedom and time in feeling and how I wanted to feel. Um, It gave me freedom in people that I wanted around me and just, you know, at the hospital, you're not allowed to eat anything while you're in labor. And if you're in labor, so if I went to the hospital when my water broke, I would have been in labor for 25 hours. And imagine not eating for 25 hours. No, thank you. So like for me, I'm like, I love food too much. And I know that when I'm tired, I want food. So that was like, I don't know why, but that was such a big thing to me, like to have, to be able to have food when I needed food. Um, so you can do that at home, but you can't do that at a hospital. Uh, it just, and at home, you have more control of your environment. You have, you just, you, you seem like you have more control of the overall experience And that just sat really well with me. So I just came to the conclusion um, that like a home birth just equaled freedom for me. And then as we got closer to the 36 weeks, um, I was starting to think, you know, okay, well, what would I do if I'm sick? Let's say I got the flu or I have a really bad cold. What do I do personally to 
like heal myself? What do I do? Do I go straight to the medicine? Do I take NyQuil? Do I take DayQuil? Do I go about my day? Do I just like, you know, take something and then move on? Or do I let my body rest? Like what's my process? And so my personal process when I'm sick is I don't take medicine at all. I drink tea. I sleep as much as I can. I take baths. Um, I do Epsom salt. Like I, I try to let my body fight whatever it is that it's fighting naturally. And if I need something, then I'll take like Tylenol, but I don't take medicine. And so after thinking about that, I'm like, oh, well, if my body is going through a process, then I'm probably going to do better in an environment where I can just kind of like rest and sleep and just kind of like feel it out and let my body do what it needs to do instead of giving it something or making it rushed or, you know, supplementing for something else. Um, So again, like all of these things were just concluding for me to have a home birth. So that's what works for me. And that's how I kind of came to the conclusion of I want to have my baby at home. Now, the next episode of A Beautiful Mama is my birth experience. So I highly recommend that you listen to that after this one because (laughs) you'll find out what really happened in my home birth experience and how it all went down. Um, And good counterpart to this episode of me deciding on how to do a home birth. Now, I will tell you, I did have some backlash from just people who are really close to me when I told them I'm having a home birth. A lot of people said it's just because I'm scared or, you know, just whatever. And that's not true. Like, I really did feel super confident in the decision of having a home birth and a lot of my friends would even say like well what if something happens you know what if you know what if and I I had to choose to not let the what ifs come into my mind and and honestly like the most powerful thing that you can do during your pregnancy is control your thoughts because people are going to give you information people are going to give you insight quote-unquote insight but it's their experience or what they think is best and and you literally cannot control the situation that's what I learned and so um, if you're listening to this and you're having a birth and you're getting ready to bring a child into this world like don't let this dictate how you feel and your intuition because that was the biggest thing for me I didn't trust my intuition enough I needed the facts and I needed information to fall on in order to be confident um, because I don't naturally listen to my gut. That's one thing I'm learning right now as a mom, now that Milo's here, is I have to listen to my gut. I have to listen to my intuition so much more and trust it more than facts and more than, you know, lists and information and doctors and people telling me what I should be doing. Um, so that's my piece of advice. So if you're listening to this and you're considering a home birth, just take those things into consideration. Into consideration, If you're not having a home birth and you're going to be in a hospital, um, I recommend that you get a doula or you at least contact a doula to get some information to set you up well so that you and your partner can be just super confident and be empowered through this incredible experience. Well, thanks for tuning in to A Beautiful Mama podcast. 
To stay connected and learn some of my professional beauty tips, be sure to follow a beautiful mama on Instagram. Leave a comment, like some content, and have a beautiful day.